One witch is powerful. A coven of witches is unstoppable. Want to go deeper in your craft with the support of your basic witches? Then join our coven on Patreon. We have three tantalizing tiers with ad-free episodes, shout-outs on the pod, monthly card pulls, and girl talk, where you get to connect with us one-on-two. So, are you a basic witch, boss witch, or our best witch? We can't wait to see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic witches. I mean, we're witches, <laughs> basically. Witch, please stop subconsciously hating yourself, shooting all over yourself. And for the love of goddess, stop thinking you have to do it all on your own. This witch is haha here to help. Find me on sexandthesynchronicity.com for coaching, courses, card pulls, and deep XX exploration through erotic art. Fortune favors the bold, so be bold, be that witch, and head to sexandthesynchronicity.com. Hey witches, Leah here. You know my all-time favorite thing to talk about is manifestations, synchronicities, and going for the goals. So if you're ready to put your feminine energy in the front seat and whoa manifest some sh**, wait, are you really gonna bleep out sh**? I can't say sh**, this is my commercial. Anyway, what are you waiting for? It's canal or never. Join my four-week manifestation course, buy my deck, art, and more by going to www.leahknauer.com. L-E-A-H-K-N-A-U-E-R.com. Wow, witches. Um, welcome to, I mean, we didn't know how to start. <laughs> A little speechless. We're still, is very surreal, an amazing episode today with a very special guest highly special let's say um tommy chong is hanging out with us today yes you're listening to basic witches i'm rachel laforest and i'm leah knauer and tommy was a joy to chat with he is up on witches he's up on <laughs> finding meaning in life and we he's get... in love with a witch yes which we found out uh-huh and Man, we got some really great wisdom from him and all his crazy experiences. Yes, we talk so much about mindset and hardship and how that builds a callus. I love this guitar analogy that he gives. Um, we already know you are going to love it. And it might even bring on a little epiphany for you. <laughs> We'll see. Um, and we hope to see you online. We're on Instagram at Basic Witches. There you can find the link to, most importantly, our Patreon. If you've been listening to this show and it has given you joy, laughter, um, the inspiration to make a change in your life, or uh, really anything at all, we would mm -hmm. so appreciate if you can show your gratitude through joining our Patreon. 
Yeah, you can be a part of making this show because we do put a lot of love into it and we love that you guys can tell. Um, and we love getting to have a personal relationship with you through Patreon. So join us in the Patreon coven and leave us a five-star iTunes review and just fucking enjoy this episode. With Tommy Chong. Ah. Oh! I mean, Tommy Chong is God. Okay. <laughs> now we're, oh, there we go. Our okay. higher power, for sure. Yeah. Oh and we're there graced we by a beautiful wizard. Yeah. Oh, I'm a wizard. Oh, thank oh, you. Yes. I, like, I like that. I, like I think that. that's going to be our opinion, but we'll find out from you by the end if you think yes. so. How are you right now today? Okay. What's the honest truth? Oh, perfect. Really, really, really good. You know, it's another kind of gloomy day, but it'll brighten up. And uh, yeah, we're we're just finishing uh, the last Cheech and Chong uh, documentary. Oh, uh, can you tell us something sure. about it? Yeah, yeah. We uh, it started five years ago. <laughs> the documentary. Wow. And, uh, and, you know, we went through all the changes and that, and then it gets uh, presented to the people. Yeah, we, uh, Dave Levine, he's a uh, well-known uh, document or oh, filmmaker. Mm -hmm. He's done a film like called Sling Blade and, oh, cool. and uh, uh, something about the, yeah, there's a bunch of them. Anyway, he's working with my daughter, Robbie. Oh. Uh, from my first marriage and uh and they're they're wrapping up a a, a documentary on Cheech and Chong. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Can you I believe little... like what does that feel like for you? Can you believe that all your work has led you here and now you're doing a documentary about like like you <laughs> are iconic. Work. Do you realize how iconic you are? I'm starting to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 kind of scary. It's kind of scary in a way because it's sort of like a, it's like when they give you that that last dinner, you know, <laughs> like in prison, <laughs> where, you know, where they honor you, you know. Oh. <laughs> in prison, something else, you know. When you leave, when you uh, when you're about to leave prison, a month before you're released, everybody in the prison cuts you off. Oh, you know? really? Yeah. Well, because you've been so close to everybody for, for months or years or whatever. And so the fact that you're leaving, uh, they cut ties. Everybody cuts Damn. ties. And so the last month is not that uh, friendly, for sure. Wow. You know, because then you get excluded from, you know, the activities that they're usually doing. Because you're not going to be doing it anymore. And yeah. then you have to take classes on, on how to act you know, in, in the outside world mm -hmm. and, and, and next, and, and it's, and it's not a immediate, but it's gradual, you, yeah. know? That's fascinating. you know, people you used to walk the track with people used to, you know, hang with and everything. They found other people, you know, oh. because it, it's so painful when someone's leaving, you know, because they're, it's not like they're going to go away for a while and come uh -huh. back, you right. know, you're, uh -huh. you're, once you're out of prison, you know, uh, you know, that's, but uh, wow. yeah, I, I went through that, and and now with the documentary, I'm going through it again because uh, this kind of like wraps up Cheech and Chong, you know. Wow, <laughs> yeah. Do you keep in touch with people from prison? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're really tight. Uh, the uh, I was in there with a the golf caddy, uh, Eric Larson, and he's out now. He's on the tour. He's got back caddying again. But uh, his 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 was a, a what do you call it? A very sad story because mm. he was just a golf caddy, and yeah, he used cocaine, but uh, he wasn't a dealer or anything. He was a golf caddy. But when the when the feds busted his dealer, she had, they told her give us some names, and so she or out she would go down for a long time, you know, like twenty years, and so uh, she gave up Eric. Now Eric was so surprised, you know, because he, he he's Mister, he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, sweet from Minnesota, big guy. And, oh, <laughs> well, yeah, golf caddies are really caregivers. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're really sweet, sweet people. I mean, they they take care of they babysit, you know, their whole mm -hmm. career. Now they get paid very well for it. And yeah. it's a very exciting uh, job. But uh, so they put Eric. Well, first of all, Eric fought it and he went broke trying oh. to fight the government and he won the first case. But the government yeah. refiled the charges, charged him again, and he was out of money. And he couldn't put up any defense. And so he was found guilty and, wow. and, and he was sentenced to uh, 14 years, 14 years. Wow. They offered him when they first busted him, they offered him a deal. They said, we'll give you five years if you plead guilty. Wow. Five years. He never he was innocent. Right. He was innocent. So so, you know, his, his first impulse was to fight it. And he did. And he lost 14 years. And when yeah. I met him. Mm. He, he had spent 11 years behind bars, three or four different prisons. And then mm. they, they really, if you fight the government, they get nasty mm. and they put you in jails so far that your, your, your loved ones can't visit you. You know, it's a mm -hmm. hardship. They yeah. make everything hard. And yeah. that's what they did with Eric. But anyway, wow. Eric, he maintained, you know, he's a beautiful guy. And so he ended up creating a, a vegetable garden in Taft, where I was, and uh, he, they couldn't use the, the the prisoners couldn't use the garden because uh, you know because it was it was fresh and growing you know Ugh. the prisoners didn't deserve that wow. and so what they did they grew it for the food bank in uh -huh. Bakersfield but because he grew the garden him and his close associates could they we could eat off you know, that garden. And so for the nine months I was in jail, I had the most healthiest diet. Oh. <laughs> and, and not only that, but because Eric was so, you know, he's so brilliant. He's, he's really brainy. He, um, he arranged so that we could eat uh, in the TV room instead of the mess hall. And so, wow. so we would have our own special dining room with a bank of television sets on the wall. <laughs> and we would eat, it was harsh. like a private dining room. Oh and, and it was just a select group of people. And when I got there, the guys that were there with him, you know, they had left. And so there was me and the, the Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort. Right. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, he, he, uh, Jordan, got kicked out of the <laughs> out of the club because uh, the deal was if you were the new guy you had to wash the pots and pans 
And I did. I did, yeah. I did for months, you know. I was a new guy, so I washed pots and pans. You know, I'd, I'd love anything like that. But Jordan wouldn't do it. And so oh. Eric Eric and the boys, they, they booted him. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, so Eric's out now, and he's... Uh, He's uh, um, caddying for uh, uh, Harris English, and he's—they're doing re- very well. You know, uh-huh. I, I don't know if you know that golfers. You know, if mm-hmm. you look at what they make. You know, they're in the millions of dollars. Oh, it's wild! And and, and the golfers get a nice uh, percentage of that. Uh, I mean, the, the caddies. caddies. The caddies. Yeah, yeah. 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 So now, now I got Eric investing in. Uh, the Cheech and Chong dispensarias. Yes. Amazing. Oh my God. I want to go to one. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're opening the first one in San Francisco. And uh, it, sometime within a month or so. And then we got one in Palm Springs. And, uh, and then pretty soon they're going to be all over the world. But, wow. Yeah. So cool. So and how, so how crazy is it for you to see the journey of weed being illegal to you having your own dispensaries and your own strains. Yeah. Yeah. How weird. Like, what is that like? Oh, it, it's, it's a dream come true. You know, I, I've always, I always felt when I, when, it, when I went to jail, because it was a bogus charge that I went to jail on, you know, it was, uh, it was a political thing. Actually, mm. I went because, uh, because of, uh, of a Biden endorsed law. Yeah, he, he he wrote a law called uh, uh, the paraphernalia, mm. and and you could get federal time if you shipped paraphernalia state line. Mm-hmm. See, these are little little tricky little devices that they could they were looking trying to nail uh, drug dealers, you know. Yep. And because I was uh, I had my own line of bongs, mm-hmm. and I was famous. Uh, the Bush administration with Ashcroft went after me and all the other bomb makers. And mm-hmm. I was the only one that got time. And I realized why I got time. You know why I got time? Why? Why? Because my name is Chong. Mm-hmm. Wow. Only the round guy, the Chinese guy. Damn. Yeah. Yep. So, I 100% believe that. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, but now, uh, because <laughs> can you imagine weed is essential <laughs> oh I, yeah it's crazy they close my down parents park. take cbd right, and they give right. me shit for smoking weed i'm just like it's the same plant what are you talking about yeah, yeah like like they were defending hemp yeah I, I, was, I was on cnn one time and 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 uh, she said something about uh, you know about, about cannabis marijuana and oh no i'm really into hemp and she's <laughs> And she goes, is that different? And I said, no. Oh. <laughs> it's the name. It's yeah. just the name. Semantics. That's why, they, why they called it marijuana. Marijuana is a slang, Mexican slang. Mm. You know, the, 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 the true name is cannabis. Or right. can- if you look at the Bible, it's called canna in the Bible. It's all through the Bible. Do you think people should not be using the phrase marijuana then? I've heard people say that before. Yeah, they don't want to do that. They don't. But I'm different. I, you know, they marijuana put me in jail and marijuana is not legal. So I'm going to call it marijuana. Love that. Because you fucking can now. Oh, you can abyss. Yes, we can abyss. Yes, we can abyss. (laughs) 
<laughs> so well, I'm going to was... smoke right now to oh, yes. Eric and to you and yeah. everyone who's been incarcerated on bullshit fucking charges. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, see, my belief is that there's no accident. Everything happened. I was going to ask you, why do you think this happened? Yeah, I think, uh, no, life is like a, a, a gym, mm. you know? You get out of it what you put into it. Oh, wow. And, the harder, and a gym only works if you tear the muscle down. Mm. If at hard, you tear the muscle down. Why? Because then you got to rebuild the muscle bigger and stronger. That's why, you, and, and, and that's what life's all about. And you, know, you got to keep going as much as you like, work. don't want to, you got to keep going to the gym. That's it. That's it. Mm. You, and what, what, what propels us is, is love, you know, mm. of ourself, love of uh, what we can achieve, love of, uh, of being alive so we can achieve. You're, you're like speaking everything we talk about on this show of like witchcraft. It's like everything is love. That's what we should all be focusing on. That's what life is about. I, I read a great thing on the Emmett Fox book. I collect words, by the way. Oh. And, 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 and this one phrase, he said, love is create, promotes creativity. Hate promotes destruction. Mm -hmm. Goosebumps. It's, that is that. That's it. That's, that's it. it. So yeah. if there's kind of hate, that's why the Bible, you know, tells you that if there's any kind of hate in your heart, don't bother praying. <laughs> <You know? laughs> get, get rid of the yeah. hate. Get You'll rid use of the, the prayers the wrong way. Well, yes. because the prayers aren't, aren't going to communicate. You know, it's like a a, a TV signal or or, or a signal, mm -hmm. if there's interrupting that signal, you're going to get static or you're not going to get anything. Mm. Anything in your, that's not right, then don't expect any prayers to be answered because they're not getting through because they're being blocked by your own beliefs. <laughs> and, yep. Yeah, it's when you clear all that away because it's all just misinformation or, you know, ignorance. You clear that away, then you, now you got a free, clear line, and everything and anything will happen to it for you. And it's also not just ignorance, right? It's like reactions. It's parts of us reacting. But if you clear away the parts, this is what I'm learning in my journey right now of heartbreak. When I clear away the parts that got hurt in the heartbreak, the core is fucking love, love. for that person, even though yes. they hurt me. Oh, yes. It's insane. Mm -hmm. It's insane that all of that can coexist with us, within us at once. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm going through that now with, with, with Cheech because mm -hmm. we're, you know, we're, we're, we're doing a documentary about our, our, our time together, you know? And uh, I was coming home from a golf tournament and I just uh, because we're doing, I'm doing a movie with Cheech. Uh, my, my mind automatically because I wrote and directed most of, if not all the all the Cheech and Chong movies, and and as we're 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 driving home, I had a Cheech and Chong flash, you know, and I thought, 
perfect because it's a it's a little bit that I uh, that I I I said oh that'd be perfect for the mo for the documentary, and so I created a whole firestorm because I tried to relay that that idea I had. Now see, when we do Cheech and Chong movies in the past, I was a director, mm -hmm. and when I wasn't directing, I was writing and directing from you know someone else was in front but it was always my idea because i was the one that created Chichi. and so 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 when i got home i was so happy and excited you know and i i called the the filmmakers you know and I, I i told them my idea well they were like stunned because they had this whole other <laughs> us to record they all set it up ready to go and all of a sudden you know i pulled this now in the old days, I, 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 they would listen to me, you know, but not, not my movie. And, the, oh. my, and, and my son had to calm me down, you know, it's dad, dad, it's over. There's no teaching oh. child. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just go, go do their, their, their thing for you, you know, everything. Oh, it, it got heated. I mean, they were screaming mm. and and all sorts. It seems like it's kind of like an identity shift for you, right? Rats and all that stuff. Then, then you know, and then I had, yeah, I, I had to uh, face fact. You know, I woke up this morning and it was, you know, I'm in my massage chair and I'm thinking, yeah, it is over. It is over. <laughs> but you know, amazing when, visual. <laughs> when, when I broke up, I was actually. It took me a while to because breaking up is what happened is that Cheech was my main guy, you know, and, and so I would uh, write bits where we would, you know, entertain. Uh, when he left, see, he was always listening to me. He was always doing my bidding. Then, then he grew apart. You know, he, we did everything we could do basically. Mm -hmm. I uh, know we could have stayed together and just raked it in, you know, but he he wanted to fly on his own, you know, and so he did. And he d developed his own uh, pers persona, own personality. Uh, but anytime you say Cheech and John, right away, my mind goes, you know, all the possibilities because mm. we were that perfect combination, you know, that only comes along times in a lifetime. It's so beautiful. You know? Would you say he's like a twin flame? Almost. Mm. Almost. Yeah. No, no. What it is, is that it's like a gym. Okay. You're finished with that exercise. Go on to the next. Mm. <laughs> you can't keep doing the same exercise no. forever. No, no. Oh. You got to switch it up. And, yeah, switch it up. And stay friends there's no there's yeah. no reason to be evil like when martin and lewis broke up they they ceased being friends mm -hmm. you know and the reason they broke up was because jerry got like megalomania almost like me you know uh and and jerry he kept wanting to go for the comedy and dean you know he was he was a singer really and he, that could do comedy but he he's also could do dramatic acting and so Dean wanted to, mm. he, he got tired of doing the same thing. And, and so he's, he, they split and they weren't friends, you know. The, the good news with Cheech and I is, is that we are, you know, we, we're, we're civil, you know, we're friends. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not, you know, we don't, uh, 
socialize that much. He's got his bank of friends. I got mine. What are both of your signs? Uh, Cheech is a Leo, I believe. July. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. End of July. Uh, in the middle. If he's in the middle, he's a Cancer. Does that sound I, right? Yeah, I think he's a Cancer. I'm a Gemini. And what? Are, oh, I'm a Gemini. Yeah, we are. Oh. We are. <laughs> we are what? Me and my other guy. <laughs> my yes. my right. twin. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, you never know who you're talking to. Oh, you never know, and I never know. <laughs> yes, it's a yeah. trip. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. Well, the the good news is that uh, you know, I I've been blessed. I've been and, and, you know, and, and I've been blessed. You're both with summer babies. That's interesting. Yeah, I I I I, I was, I've been blessed with hardship. You know, my life has always has been my whole Wait, life. I love that. Wow, I've wow, been wow, blessed wow, wow. with hardship. Can you yeah. like extrapolate that for us? Well, because when you got hardship, you develop calluses. Like once when, when you're playing guitar, for instance, when you start playing guitar, the worst thing is your fingers aren't used to pressing metal against wood, you know? And so they hurt. Mm -hmm. And so in the beginning, it's it's almost impossible to play anything because your fingers hurt. But if you keep persisting, you develop calluses. Mm -hmm. And then the calluses protect your fingers and then you can go play. So whenever you hear a, 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 a great guitarist, he's, his fingertips are so tough, you can you stick them in a fire and they wouldn't hurt him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And, and My boyfriend plays. Yeah. And he's like yeah. very... Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. You know, it, just in the beginning, I remember starting out, and it, man, because I, I ended up being a backup guitar player. Mm. And that means you just, you don't stop playing. <laughs> you're, oh. you're playing rhythm, rhythm, rhythm. And when I was a kid, I was eight, nine years old when I started playing for, for dances with, with a fiddle player. But that's, that, see, I, that's what I mean about being blessed with, with, hard to be being able to develop those callus mm. and so I, I not only developed callus but i also was trained in show business in a sense that my the fiddle player used to look at me and if i got fancy or something he'd look at me and he said keep it simple keep it simple oh. and the other lesson he gave me was give the people what they want uh -huh. you're not there to please you you're there to please them Mm. With your and you know and uh and that's stuck with me and so, and so I, you know when i went to jail mm. it was like a mixed blessing because mm. on one hand i was sad i was leaving a beautiful home in the palace gorgeous wife and you know family and everything mm. but on the other hand i was going into this exciting new exciting environment <laughs> I'm going to, that I was really looking forward because when I was a kid, I was. This is what makes you so amazing. Like that mindset is so yeah. beautiful and wow. Well, it, it was forced on me in, in a way. When I was a kid, my mother had TB. So she was taken into a sanitarium. Mm -hmm. 
you talk about uh, isolation. She was isolated five years, you know, in, in a sense. I developed pleurisy, uh, a spot on my lungs, because once the family member gets TB, the whole family has to be x-rayed continually all the time. And so they found a little spot on my lung. And so they put me in the hospital, I guess, uh, two or three, about three or three or I guess three years old, three, four, or maybe four years old. I, 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 it's a little foggy back then. And then, so I was a year in the hospital. And, that, and that's why my legs never developed good enough uh, to, to, to be, like I can play sports, but I, I really don't have the, the, the wheels, as they say. <laughs> and which, which is why I got into bodybuilding. But anyway, I was... I was taken from my mother before I could remember having a mother. Oh. And then when I got my mother back, mm -hmm. I had been raised by nurses. And then I was in an orphanage for a while. And uh, oh then and then we're in a, in a home. And then we find out uh, just not too long ago that I'm 8% native. I'm, I'm a little Indian <laughs> guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the big secret. It was so fun. I crack up because my mother married a little short Chinese guy. Okay. That was the big uh, uh, thing, you know. Uh -huh. uh, but scandal. That was a big scandal because my mom's from a big family. Then we find out just recently through DNA that my her mother, my grandmother, was half Native. She wow. was half. She was born on a reservation in northern Manitoba. And mother was born in Moose Jaw, but close to the, man, the, the reservation. Mm -hmm. They kept that secret from uh, the, everybody for 80 years. Why? Shame? Like of what? Yeah. Yeah, because natives were really the, the blacks of Canada. Mm -hmm. They still are. Mm. they're they're the ones that were put on reservations mm. you know and there's still there's still reservations up there i grew up in calgary where we were surrounded by reservations in the different tribes because america drove them out of america and they went up to canada and that's where the the the, <clears throat> the custard last stand you know the natives they went up there after they whipped custard's ass they went up there to get to canada and so so when you and we grew up in Canada in, in Calgary, mm -hmm. and I, but the thing is, all my early friends were native. <laughs> my, so you're like, first, it makes sense. <laughs> and my 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 first guitar partner that really got me playing, full blood Sarsi native, and then we had a, another guy. He was full blood uh, Japanese, and there were three of us: there was me, uh, Kenny Nawada, <laughs> and it looked like. Uh, he looked like a little Japanese, you know, the guy that would refuse to say the war's over, you know, the hidden. The, the, <laughs> no. I don't know that guy, but. <laughs> that, that, that really Japanese face. Okay. That's, that's what Kenny looked like. And he, and he sang country songs. It was the <laughs> funniest thing. He'd be, he'd come and he, grew up, he grew up in Calgary and, and, oh. and three of us, but, but we, I found out, yeah. Being native, that was more 
that was more of a, a disgrace than being married to a Chinese mm. with Chinese kids. So we're not only half Chinese, but we're 8% native. Wow. And my sister, she's still alive. And she's the only one of my family. All her kids, they look like native kids. And they live outside of Vancouver in a place called Surrey. And it's all native people. And so when they went to school, we were just talking last year about it. And because, we, I, you know, my sister didn't know either. And I told her. And everything made sense. Everything mm. made Because mm. all their kids look like native, you know, half breeds or quarter breeds. But, mm. but just still. And then they, they said, yeah, all their native friends would tell them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're native. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they knew. So, wow. With with growing up, spending some time in an orphanage and without your mother, um, like, how did you feel supported or did you feel supported? Because usually no. people who achieve fame had support. Well, no, no. And the support was myself. Mm. See, I was put into uh, uh, the Salvation Army home where mm-hmm. mm. we had. And by the way, I never ate breakfast. Because like before that or during that? No, during, at, at the home. Okay. When I was, I got, I got room service. <laughs> they brought it on a tray, you know, that that I can remember. Yeah. You know, but mm. I got served by beautiful nurses. You know, <laughs> I go to the home, and now I'm one of the kids. It's like Oliver Twist. And I was a little guy. <laughs> so when you sat at the table, all the big kids, they took all the good stuff. Oh. Mm. Okay. That's- I grew up as the youngest of eight kids, and that's literally how it was. It was like if you yeah. didn't get to the food fast enough, there wasn't food. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. You know, the lar- the largest survived. And then you find ways to make friends with the big guy. Well, what happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's you know, so interesting. You, 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 you find ways. Oh, well, that's what the only thing you got when you're when you're alone is, is your personality, is yourself. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And so I, I had a nice smile. And <laughs> uh, yeah, and I was brown and I had a big head. And uh, and, you know, I, I was uh, and I love I, I, I love art. There was a guy in the home. He could draw Batman. And that amazed me. Oh, man, I, I saw that. Because we were in the comic books back then. Yeah. In fact, when my dad took me from the hospital to to the home, I had a big stack of comic books, and I had clothes and everything else. And so when he put me in the home, and and, and while he was signing me in, they told me to go play in, in the garden. They had a, there's a little garden out there. And so I went out there and they had a comic book. They gave me a coloring book and some crayons and I went out and then my dad brought the, the clothes and, the, and the, the comic books and gave it to the, to the, you know, the, the home people. And that was the last I saw of them. Oh. <laughs> when my dad left, I, just, I was put into the general population I never had, I never owned anything after that. <clears throat> and there was nothing he could, anybody could do what they mm-hmm. did. I think the staff took all the good stuff because we were just given uh, not rags, but uh, nothing you would wear <laughs> in any civilized home, you mm-hmm. know, house, you know, especially mm-hmm. my mom. 
uh, you know, because she was very, very, very sharp and she made sure she, she would scream at my dad from the sanitarium. <laughs> she's, he could, none of us could go see her. We had to, she's in the second floor and she'd come out on the balcony uh, or they wheel her out. And, and she, she would give my dad orders uh, from, from the balcony, <laughs> get them new clothes. <laughs> and my dad, you know, he was, he'd just come from the war and he was a young guy, you know? And, and so all the kids were in the home. And so he was single basically. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. And I realized now, and he was a gambler as oh, well as, damn. but he always worked. My dad always had a job. And that's when I, I learned the power of prayer because in the home, they, they taught you, you, you got religious training, whether you wanted it or not, mm -hmm. especially that young. And, and then I started going to, when we finally got out of the home and went into our own little Indian house, kind of outdoor plumbing, you know, the, <laughs> uh, uh, all that, no electricity, wow. uh, Coleman lamps, uh, mm. you know, that was what we moved into. And this mm. in Calgary, this is in That's, 20, 30 degree below yeah. weather in, in the wintertime. You know, where if if your dad didn't wake up and put the kitchen, keep the kitchen fire going, you would freeze to death, you know? Mm. <laughs> so, so it was a, a, a tough, mm -hmm. you know, a, a tough way to give. But what it did, that's what I'm saying, the hardships, it made us so strong. Like my my older brother, he was three years older than me. He had he was like doing man's work. Mm, wow! Because when my dad was gone, he was the man of the house, mm. and so he he had to make sure the wood was there and the coal was there and and all, all that you know, take out the slop bucket and, and get, go to the pump, pump the water, bring the water back. You know, we had that was there every day. It was called chores. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we had to do that. Every day, and uh, mm -hmm. but it 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 just made my brothers tough as nails. Mm -hmm. Oh, he was he was he's gone now, but he was legendary. Tough. Mm -hmm. He was a, he was a kid that would. There's always some in any group. They they love to fight. That's why, <laughs> the, that's why him and MMA got so they were like MMA. Oh, they would uh, like. My, my my brother was in the home with me and he would get up he had to go to the public school and so of course the kids back then mm -hmm. they were you know the war had just ended you know and 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 kids were like little adults mm -hmm. you know and they were you know grade four or five it doesn't matter they're they're duking yeah. it out big time and and not with clubs or anything just fist and uh and my brother, uh, <laughs> he was pretty legendary. And that's mm. why I, I skated through, because everybody was afraid to pick <laughs> on me. <laughs> that's, it's good to have. What happened, you know, and it happened a few times. But uh, yeah, even, even when my brother died, that was pretty funny. I mean, you know, it was sad, <laughs> but you know, he was in his 80s, you know, okay. he, he, he was up there. And he had heart, he had suffered two heart attacks, but he's so tough. He, he suffered one heart attack playing ball with first responders. <laughs> and wow. so, so he oh. almost he almost got beat up just by everybody pounding on his chest because 
because <laughs> he was the umpire and he had a heart attack. And so they all come in and saved him. Anyway, he, he had a, a pacemaker and everything, but he was so tough. He was a mm. deep sea diver. Mm. He's the kind of guy who would go down without a wetsuit, you know. Wow. And, <laughs> and one time, I got I gotta tell you this story because it kind of wraps everything up. Yeah. Uh, I was in uh, the south of France and we're mm. attending the Cannes Film Festival and we're staying at this beautiful hotel with the pool and everything. And so we're in the pool and all of a sudden this guy come over. He's like, I hear you're Tommy Chong. And I said, Yeah. He says, I live in Deep Cove, BC. He's I'm a doctor. He says, I gotta tell you this story. Uh, he says, your brother lived in Deep Cove. And I said, yes, he did. And he said, well, he came to me one day. His hand was kept hurting. He couldn't understand what it was. He says, so we x-rayed it. He says, we found teeth fragments in his knuckles. <laughs> oh, that took me a minute. What? Oh, my Tough God. Guy. I, I love I, oh man, I cracked up because we own night. We own the nightclub, and he was like the the bouncer, you know, the doorman, the manager, everything. And and in Canada, especially, you know, back in the '60s, you know, it was like uh, it was a ritual. You open the club, and we were a late night club too, and we were a bottle club. We weren't even a, a liquor license club, although we had owned one eventually. We had this after hours club. And so at the end of the night, all the losers who couldn't get a girl or, or didn't have a wife, they would be liquored up and nowhere to go. And so they would come into the clubs and pick fights with the bouncers. And and so it was fight night every night. Ooh, every oh my night. gosh. But my brother and all the bouncers, they loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get in fights? Did you ever get in fights? I've had my share, but I not imagine really. you just like chilling in the back. Like, <laughs> no, I, I had like, uh, in fact, she, she, the, the, the last fight I was in, uh, <laughs> we were, uh, because what happens, you, you, you go to throw people, ask them to leave, and they get belligerent and then they get insulting, especially my brother. And I. <laughs> mm -hmm. One time, when this one drunk looked at his. You goddamn Jews. <laughs> and my brother and I, we looked at each other. We both had horn rimmed glasses, you know, the dark glasses. Mm -hmm. And we looked at Jews. And we looked at each other. Oh, oh, I guess we are. We do look like Jews. But it was always that sort of, uh, you know, that kind of animosity, you know, that they would do. I, you know what you do. I had a trick. You know what you did. You, you say, hey, it's too crowded in here. I can't hear what you're saying. What are you saying? Uh, uh, come on, come on, come on outside. Come on outside. So I push him outside, then I close the door and bye. You know? And then <laughs> that would be the end of the fight. Ooh, <laughs> really smart. smart. But, but my brother, and, and all the clubs in Vancouver were on the second floor. And so you had a, like, like first of all, it was, it was like a, uh, a, a test if, if you could climb the stairs if you're too drunk to climb the stairs well you you couldn't get in the club but if you could manage to climb the stairs then physically and then you weren't too bad then we allowed you in but 
on the way out, if you get belligerent or too rough or mean or start hurting people or something like that, well, it was gravity would take care of you on the way down. Damn. Um, <laughs> we had we had marks where where you can see where people hit the the side of the the sink, you know, the wall. But uh, yeah, and the last the last fight. So Chichi and I, I put this uh, improv group together called the city works and that's where i met cheech and so oh, we were that's we how were rachel doing... and i met yeah improv yeah. improv yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. so uh -huh. yeah but i did we had a strip club and oh. so i turned all the strippers into improv actors and they were the best they were the best and so what it was instead of being on stage you know looking like old strippers i would have them come on stage in their street clothes and then we'd do, a, the first bit was uh, the pajama party. And it was after they'd played in the club. Now they're going over to the girlfriend's house and they're going to have a pajama party. Oh and so they'd strip out of gosh. their street clothes and into their pajamas. And then we had an MC called uh, Taps Harris. And Taps came walking by and, hey girls, how's it going? Hey, that was a great show tonight. And then one of the girls said to Taps, why do they call you Taps? And he said, well, I'm a tap dancer. Oh really? Well, why don't you show us some tap dancing? And so he he danced. He'd never danced before on stage uh, with uh, with the crowd, but he was an old uh, veteran tap dancer, and he was good. Man, he danced, and and so the crowd they could give him a, a standing ovation, and so he had to do a, an encore. Oh my he, gosh! He quit that night. <laughs> Went out on top. Yeah, I, I didn't sign up for this shit. Oh my god! <laughs> and so, so we had a doorman named Dave, and so I said to Dave, Dave, I need an MC, you know, uh, to to fill in. And Dave says, I'll do it if you do it. And and by then, before that, I was the owner of the club, and I was working the lights, you know, and writing the show. And so I said, Oh, okay. So I started. That's how I got into improv. Dave and I, and that's where Dave's not here come in. Oh, yeah. and then, and then how did, when did the fight happen? Oh, so, so <laughs> we had the club and, and we lost our, our, our um, uh, what do you call it? The after hours club, you know, uh, it was given to us, by the way, the, the building owner said, he had a, he bought the building, he's an empty steakhouse. And he says, uh, you guys want a, a, a nightclub? We said, uh, yeah. And so we had this <laughs> after hours club and, and it was really popular for, for, for five, going on six years. Anyway, we moved, we had to move because he sold the building. And so we moved to our, we had a club in the back of our strip club. There was another nightclub empty. And so we moved the club back there. Unfortunately, it was in Chinatown, so we never got the same kind of uh, audience. You know, we never had time to build it. And so, but what we did get, we got the old drunks, uh, troublemakers. Oh boy! And so, so one was up there, and and he was being a belligerent and everything else. And so the old biker, uh, the old sort of club owner thing kicked in now i'm an improv actor now i got long hair i'm acting Flannel on shirt. stage and so i so i grabbed <laughs> I, I, I tried to do that 
get him out the door and close the mm-hmm. door on him. And he got a hold of my hair, oh, my long hair. And he got a death grip on my hair. Mm. And he started pulling and, and it was hurting. And so, so so I had to resort to sort of like some old, old street tactics that we use, you know. But mm-hmm. he almost took out a chunk of my scalp. Damn. But it was the last fight. Okay. And she, she saw that, and all the improv actors looking at me, they never saw me in action like that. Although yeah. I, did get, I, I did get in an altercation one time with, with Cheech. We were doing a um, uh, New Year's Eve at, in New Orleans, and it was a big event. I don't know, everybody was there. John Sebastian was going to perform, you know, the loving spoonful guy. And so uh, Cheech and I are MCs. And we're having a good time. Hey, how's everybody? Happy New Year, all that. And so the road manager or some, some roadie of, of Don Sebastian, he came up and he was kind of ignorant, you know, kind of, yeah, not 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 very nice. He said, Who, who's, who's the MCs here? Cheech and Chong. You know, I said, uh, we are. He says, okay, listen, when you see me, that means John's right behind me. That's when you announce them, okay? Not until then. Not until you see me. Okay, you know, I'm stoned, you know, it's New Year's mm-hmm. Eve. I'm Uh-oh. not really paying attention. <laughs> and so, Chief and I were kibitzing with the crowd. We're talking. And, and next thing I know, uh, I turn. The guy goes, hey, he's getting my attention. I turn around. There he is. And he's waving at me. So I said, oh, Okay. John's ready to go. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, blah, 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 John Sebastian. Well, the guy comes on stage and he's, hey, asshole, what the fuck are you doing? And I said, what? He says, John's not ready yet. I was just here to tell you that he's not ready yet. I said, what, what, what did you call me? He said, I called you an asshole. Then he turned to walk away and I grabbed him by the hair, turned around, I gave him a shot in the mouth. <laughs> On stage, wang. <laughs> I knocked a tooth out. Did people think it was a bit? I would think that that was like a sketch. Yeah, what did the audience react like? Yeah, I guess it, it turned out too. Well, teachers, you know, turn around. It's New Year's Eve. You turn around, he turns around. Here's a guy, blood coming out of his face. Me with, with a bloody knuckle. <laughs> and she went, whatever. What's going on here? I says, John, John's not coming out right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, then you know, John finally made it on stage and, and we're in the dressing room and, and, and all the roadies are coming. Everybody's coming and congratulating me because the guy was a real jerk. <laughs> and they're all nice. saying, I was going to hit him. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you did. But I felt bad, you know. And so I told him, I, I wanted to apologize, you know. I, that's really unprofessional. <laughs> but, but you know, it's it's a Canadian hockey player, you know, in me, you know. Uh-huh. And, and, <laughs> Past life. And, you know, that, was, that was really fun. His thing was cheat. He said, hey, what? <laughs> because oh, he was right beside gosh. me. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden I got a bloody uh, uh, knuckle in <laughs> Oh man, we had we we there were some really crazy times. So well that makes sense given that you're a Gemini, that there is this other side of you because normally in 
in comedy, you're like a Zen comedian. So, so like, I wanted to know with you and, and Cheech, um, being the more Zen one of the two, like, did you ever feel upstaged or like, you don't get as much attention or like what, or were you always chill with that dynamic? No, I see because I created, I created the show, you know, and and I was like, like I said, when I, when I went back to work with the, with the clubs, I I, I was in the light booth. Mm -hmm. I I was always like an observer and director and writer. No, not at all. In fact, I, you know, I, I always promoted. That was the thing that pissed me off with Cheech because when Cheech and I broke up, you know, no, one of the reasons we broke up was that Cheech was going, you know, he was finding his own legs, you know? And so, so he wrote a song or he, he copied uh, Bruce Springsteen, born in East LA. And, and he, he, he told me he, he was kind of acting kind of weird, you know, for me, you know, because mm-hmm. usually I just had, he was an actor and he was come to me. What, what are we doing next? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Now, now he's coming on to his own. And he wrote this Born in East L.A. bit, you know, and I said, great. Now, every song that I ever wrote that I did with Cheech and Chong, he sang the lead. That was the the trade-off. I would Mm -hmm. write it, he would sing the lead. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Eric My Eye, Born, uh, uh, Basketball Jones, all that. I Mm -hmm. I was a lyricist, you know, I I write lyrics. And, and some of the melodies, Up in Smoke was definitely mm-hmm. uh, a total original. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so, but I always shared this, how I, I would do it. Okay, I would write it, Cheech would sing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, when, when Cheech wrote Born in East L.A., there was no part for me. Oh. He never left a part for me because he doesn't know how to do it. That was, mm-hmm. that's what I finally realized. Mm-hmm. You know, so when he told me, he says, come on, you know, we got to record it. I said, well, record what? He says, I, I said, there's no part. There's nothing for me to do, you know? Right. And, and uh, he's, oh, yeah, I got you playing a cop. And, I, you know, mm-hmm. not only he didn't write a song, but what, what the part he gave me was, was a bit part. Mm-hmm. See, I never, Cheech was never, Cheech was always a star with, mm-hmm. with me. You know, mm-hmm. because that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. You know? Right, that was that and, dynamic. And, and so, so I told Cheech, uh, you know, I said, yeah, no, you can get anybody to do that part. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I was, I was insulted, and and that that was the beginning of the of the end, mm-hmm. uh, Cheech and mm-hmm. Chong. You know, because that, after that, yeah, after so that, please. like, like born in East LA, you know, there was nothing. You know, there was nothing uh, in, the, in the movie, mm-hmm. it, like. Like that's when we, we broke up, he, he broke, we broke up because he was made a deal with uh, uh, Columbia to do mm-hmm. Born in East L.A. where he would direct. I wouldn't be in the movie, you know, mm-hmm. period, you know, you know, every mm-hmm. other movie he was, the, he was, this, you know, right. he, he, he carried the, the thing. But then I realized, you know, he did what he could do. You know, that was that was who he is. That's who he is now, you know, mm-hmm. and and so uh, I just had accepted, but not yeah. I didn't not only accepted it, but then I then I said well, okay, now I got to learn how to do stand up on my own. Mm-hmm. So I did, and yeah. so it was it was the door shut, another door opened, oh, and wow. I went through that oh, door, God. and I said oh I, and then not only that, 
Because people always say to me, what's your biggest accomplishment? And I said, having my wife join me on stage as a comedian. That's my biggest accomplishment. Because Cheech is Cheech, you know. Mm -hmm. He would have made it regardless if it was me or whatever, you know, because he's got the goods. Mm -hmm. My wife, on the other hand, I've, I've known her since she was 16, and we got together, and, and, you know, we were just friends. And that's why we're still together, because we were oh. friends. Mm-hmm. And then when we, and then when she got pregnant, she didn't want, she wanted me, she wanted to carry the baby, then she wanted me and my, my wife to, to, to <laughs> raise it. Yeah. Because she did not want to, you know, she, she was too young to be a mom. Mm-hmm. But, of course, when she had her baby, there's no way you're going to separate those two. And so, so, uh, but we eventually ended up together because I think what happened with us, with Shelby and I, is that we took acid together. That's an amazing answer. And I I know what you mean. Like, it's such a spiritual experience, right? You're joined forever. Wow. (laughs) You are joined forever. I have such a deep connection with all my friends that I've done psychedelics with. That's so crazy. And my wife. Yeah. No, I was married. I was happily married at the time, you know. But when after we did that acid together, and then, you know, I I, I kept feeling, you know, and then especially we had the baby. And, and then Shelby did not want to marry me. She did not want to marry anybody. In fact, she kind of went with me because I was her protector, you mm-hmm. see. Because she would go out with guys and they would fall in love with her because she's so beautiful. Right away, they, they'd want to hold her, keep her, you know, uh, own her. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she did not want that. And, and so with me, we were friends, we were lovers, but we were more than anything, we were, we were really close friends. Mm-hmm. And so when she, she was my guide on my acid trip. And then when we did acid together, that was like, phew. I mean, it was it was over, and the thing is, I and she's an artist. That, mm-hmm. That's another thing. And so the first thing when we first met, she decorated me. She oh. she told me how to dress, how to wear my hair, and and then when I got in the, in the clubs, when we changed, when 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 I see I got fired from Motown, and then I left with Shelby, and we went to. Uh, LA first then I got my family moved to LA uh, Maxine and the girls uh, and settled in LA Maxine had a job and then Shelby and I went up to uh, Vancouver to get work on the clubs you know get the clubs working again and and then she started I got gave her her first job as a waitress in the strip bar and she was she was raking in the money. She yeah. was actually making more. She was making more money than anybody in the club because she she she's beautiful. She she made this sexy little dress, and that you could almost see everything, but not quite. And then she she, she was waiting waiting tables, and she would start. She'd be the first one there. She she oh she, she pissed off the cook because. Chan, she would she would get people literally get them on the street, get them into the club to have 
to, to have uh, a stake, stake in uh, stake in something. You know, I, I, I'm all all concerned about uh, the show. You know, I'm improv. We're doing the improv show, and Shelby's out there just making making money. And and and, and that night, you know, she would she even had the strippers. She would say to the guy, you know, single guys, "Hey, you want a girl?" <laughs> And she would make a deal with the strippers to come and sit at their table and drink. Now the strippers would, they would, it was supposed to be a, a hard drink, but it was a Coca-Cola or something else. Nice. And this, because strippers couldn't get drunk, you know, right. the strippers would get this expensive drink and go, glug, <laughs> give me another one. <laughs> and, and so... So, oh, she she cracked me up. So, and how did you get was, her on stage? What was that? Oh, oh, well, no, no, she's just a waitress, okay. Uh, and then, then Cheech and I discovered each other on stage, and then we went on the on the road, and uh, you know, then we came down to LA, became Cheech and Chong, and then she and she got pregnant again, you know. Then we had our our, our son. And I'm ready to quit. And then she wanted another baby. And so we had our other son. And uh, and then so when Cheech and I broke up, I was out there on my own. And I hated it. I loved the work, but I hated after work mm -hmm. because I had no protection. You know, like if you got a partner, you say, oh, we, we got to talk business. We, you know, we got we, we, we had a team. Right. I was out there alone, man. Mm -hmm. And then she's alone. And, and she's, you know, Shelby, she's taking acting classes. She's trying out for these little bit movies. And mm -hmm. she got a girlfriend in her acting class. And she, she's in this one acting class with Ginger Lynn. Have you ever heard of Ginger Lynn? No. Ginger Lynn's a big porn star. Oh, beautiful, nice. Beautiful. Nice. And, so, and Shelby, Shelby's taking class and become best friends with Ginger Lynn and this other girl named Alexa. And, and uh, Shelby had no idea what Ginger Lynn did for her. <laughs> so she come over. She brought Ginger Lynn to a party at our house one time, and and my son at the time, you know, he, he phones up his friends. You'll never oh. guess who's in no. my house. <laughs> That's epic for them. <laughs> and so Shelby, she eventually found out. Well, Ginger Lynn ended up being Charlie Sheen's girlfriend, you know, oh, and, and yeah. And, and they, when they did the Young Guns in, in, uh, in Cannes, you know, they went to Cannes Film Festival and we had to go there for some reason, too. Anyway, we ended up together, Ginger Lynn and uh, the whole gang and, uh, and Charlie and them, they, they, they put them, they, they broke up whether in can and so i ended up being the only guy with all these uh, oh. ginger lynn and shelby and alexa oh god it's so funny. And, and when shelby found out about ginger lynn she was like yeah so what you know no big deal yeah. but then i was on a radio show with ginger lynn one time and ginger lynn says man i gotta tell you i'm in love with your wife <laughs> oh. so, amazing so, so I told Shelby, and Shelby goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> she did not want to hear that. I love she, it. She, she is so, so beautiful. Her, She's so unaware, you know, so unworldly. Because, hey, 
she's been with me the whole time. I gave her her job as a waitress. And so then I'm, I'm on the road and we're going, I'm going to Guam. And I said, God, you got to come to Guam with me. And she goes, no, I don't want to just sit in the dress room. I said, well, how about if I put you in the show? Yes. And she goes, without, without a, one moment of hesitation, she says, okay. And, and uh, so that's how she started. She, she, it was in Guam. She, 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 her job was to introduce me. And she started out as an introdu introducing me. And then we started doing small clubs. <laughs> and then she started getting a little more, more material, more material. And then she started watching my show and then stealing whatever I, she could from my show. Oh, my <laughs> and gosh. She, she would do it in her show, and she would do it first. Oh, <laughs> so, so I, I ended up having to, I, I ended up having to watch her show to make sure oh. that I wasn't going to repeat anything. Oh, I, I didn't mind at all. You know, you know how yeah. bits are, you know. Yeah. But, but, oh, no. And then, and then when Cheech and I got back together, that was, I should do a movie about that. That was funny. Because she said, uh, <clears throat> you know, my son arranged for Cheech and I to get back together. Cheech, is, his career had stopped. You know, the movie, the the TV show was over and everything else. And it was a good time for us to get back together. But, you know, I was having such a good time with Shelby and, and I. We're doing great. And we're making a fucking fortune selling merch. Because, she, you know, right away... Yeah, before when I was alone, I would sell the club merch, mm. <laughs> the club T-shirts, <laughs> sign them, sell them. You know, I, I had no oh clue, gosh. no clue. And so when she what saw that, what advice? What advice would you have for two other stoners that may want to have their own movie one day? Write it yourself. Oh, good. We're already <laughs> oh, doing yeah. that. Yeah, already doing that. Great. <laughs> Direct it yourself. Oh, direct it yourself. Now, be co-directors. Mm. Equal. Be co-directors. Cool. I, mm -hmm. I would have done that with Chichi, except that he wasn't really interested in it at mm -hmm. the time. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, but but if you if, if you guys have that, write it yourself, direct it yourself. Okay. Don't don't start too big. Start small. Mm -hmm. Start small. And the film, film everything you do, and uh, because now you don't need a movie company, you mm. don't even need a cameraman. I mean, have someone to hold your phone. Right. You can, you, can, you can shoot movies that way, and find out where your strengths are, and and your weaknesses, and then uh, use that. Use that. You know, mm. uh, yes. there's no there's no formula. Love you create that. your own formula, mm -hmm. but but yes. all you have to do, what you want to show, is truth, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. And and if truth uh, is you trying to do something that's not in your in your uh, you know not in your playbook, you know, film it, film everything, mm -hmm. film everything, and then hook up with the best editor you can find <laughs> I mean, yeah. friends or whatever yeah. editors do your own stuff and then you know because you can do that now while you're doing it now with, yeah. with, what, you, with, with what you got yeah and and then 
everything has to be really to make it work. It has to be from the heart. Mm-hmm. It has to be from the heart. That that's why you know when Cheech and I started, uh, he was uh, up in Canada. You know that's where we met, and no one knew he was Mexican. Mm-hmm. No one. I didn't know. Wow. And when we got when we did that one show where we decided we're going to be comedians, and coming home, you know, driving home, I was trying to think of a name of the group, and and. Uh, Finally, I said, do you have a nickname? He said, yeah, Cheech. And I said, oh, Cheech, Cheech and Chong. Wow. It like wrote itself. (sighs) Yeah. Did you know at the time, like what a big representation you guys would be for Chicano and Mexican culture? No. No, I didn't know he was Chicano. (laughs) Wow. Even when he said Cheech, you know, that that didn't, I'm Canadian. He was really the first Mexican that I ever had any dealing with, you know. I had no idea, you know, and, and not only that, but Canada is sort of like uh, a melting pot where where you're Canadian, uh-huh. you know, you're not Russian, you're not Italian, you're not, you're Canadian, you mm-hmm. know, and you have that Canadian sort of thing. Even if you're black, you're Canadian, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't until I got down into the States and we're playing, a, and this is not right away, we're playing a club in, in the Valley and we got hired to do two shows and it was a dance club. And, uh, and so we had, the dancers had to stop dancing to watch us do comedy. And mm-hmm. so the first show uh, was pretty, pretty, pretty bad because as far as reaction goes, you know, cause they're, oh, make me laugh. That's not funny. You know, that kind of uh-huh. thing. And so then I said to Cheech, there must be a character that you can do for this audience. You know, I said, you're from here. This is your hometown, you know, town. Mm-hmm. And so he said, well, there's one, but I, you know, I kind of hate to do it. Kind of detrimental to the culture. I said, we're comedians, dude. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. that's our job. Mm-hmm. I says, and so, so he showed me the, the Chicano character. And then I, 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 I told him a, a bit I saw, remember, years ago, you know, the, the driving bit where your imaginary car. And that's how we put that lowrider uh, hippie together, and wow. uh, and when we did the second show, what a change! The audience <sighs> went apeshit. You could feel it the minute he got it, started doing the car, you know, waiting the car. And as soon as he said, "Hey, Red Freak, want a ride, man?" As soon as he said that, <laughs> ah, the crowd just erupted. Wow! Because we were on Van Nuys Boulevard. This is where all the hey man, you want to write, man? <laughs> right, right. And uh, and the re- and then after that, it it wasn't overnight, but everywhere we went, the crowd just responded, responded, and we we played all the places. We played uh, UCLA outside on the lawn. We played the uh, uh, Scientology hall. Oh my gosh! The Scientologist. What was that like? <laughs> It was weird. Yeah. She, she says, go to the bathroom, man. I said, why? He said, the graffiti on the wall. <laughs> so he went in the bathroom and I fell through the big maelstrom of uh, <laughs> the universe. Said, oh my Here God. I sit brokenhearted. <laughs> you know, what it a was trip. Either the maelstrom. And, and they didn't really laugh, but much as they just stared, stared yeah. at us. And, Devoid and, of life. But, but 
you know, we were new. We were, yeah, we made him laugh. And, and yeah, we, we did him. We did, we worked everywhere we had to, where we could, everywhere. Wow. And, well, uh, and now, here we are. And here we are. And, and we really want to do a reading for you, Tommy. And while, okay. while we're picking some cards to pull, um, I want to know what you think about the word witch. Like when your people were like, these witches want to talk to you. What was your reaction? Oh, no, I'm, I'm very hip about witches. Okay, okay. Cool, cool, with, cool. With, with, with Shelby. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Yes. Okay, Are good. Are you kidding? Good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, in, what does a witch I'm in love mean with a witch. Are you kidding? Yes! <laughs> Shelby sounds like a total witch. And we love oh, her. Oh, yeah. oh. oh she, good. She, so. she, 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 she helped Keisha and I when we were... Uh, struggling with her comedy and that mm-hmm. she would give her she would say well that's funny lose that you know try this oh yes, yeah which, yes. Yes, and that's yes. where she got her chops from too Ooh. because she she's oh she's so yeah it's it is she's beautiful she's talented but she has to work at everything mm. nothing comes easy Mm. And it's like she's doing art now. I mean, her art is phenomenal, but she's she studies, she studies, studies, studies. Mm. She she went to UCLA, uh, you know, sat in and took uh, French. Wow. And so we ended up living in Paris for four years. I just be très <laughs> jealous. Yeah, très jealous. Okay, what's the reading? Uh, yeah, well, what do you what do you have on your heart or mind that you want to ask the cards? Can be it can be general or specific. Um, the path forward from here. Okay. Yeah. This is okay. this is without change. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm feeling called to ask your guides, so I'm going to ask your guides to come through clearly in this reading with what you need to focus on to move forward. Um. How are they here to help you? What do they want you to focus on? So let's all take a deep breath together. Inhale. And exhale. Let Tommy's guides come through clearly. A clear message. Is that tarot? This is Oracle. Oracle. So not tarot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. Almost, but not yet. Nope. So that's Mm. telling me there's going to be something that seems almost like a yes, but it's a no. Just to watch out for that. And there it is. (gasps) Epiphany. (gasps) Higher self. (gasps) So you're going to have an epiphany. This Mm. is, to me, this is saying um, that it's an eternal spring of that higher self wisdom in you because you're a creator, because you're very original creator you're going to have another thing come through and the card is green which like weed money and just like oh and it's flowers flowers Flowers. yes and they're like jumping for joy coming out of this lotus which lotus can identify with like change and transformation and self-love and beauty yeah this is a good card wow So, so what do you how do you feel about that epiphany Epiphany. Wow. Wow. I have them all the time. That, that, that almost <laughs> so that, that almost derailed this uh, 
this this documentary we're doing because of the epiphany <laughs> full circle it was, it well, was then, an epiphany then maybe what and, this and, is and then and, you know my, my instinct was to was to help this Cheech and Chong documentary and then I realized it's not my documentary right you know and so my epiphany really is is that save all that for yourself yeah. yes wow. yes your higher self oh my god mm. higher higher self higher well, you know, self the, you know the bible says god is known as the most high mm -hmm. oh, yes he is <laughs> i love that's that funny epiphany. Um, amazing so yeah that that's telling me that your guides are confirming those epiphanies are from your higher self and for your higher self moving forward. I love and, it. Thank you. Thank oh, you, my favorite witches. Oh, thank you so much, Tommy. So much. Um, and it's about to be 11-11. Ooh, witchy magic. Um, so yeah, people, where can people find you and your your weed line? Tell them everything. Uh, choice. Tommy Chong. Uh, you know, on the that's that's how you get our 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 uh our cbd and all the other products get tommychong.com that's that's the one awesome. get tommychong.com and whatever else you can find you know i'm the I mean, one he's pretty <laughs> I famous have, <laughs> pretty easy to find google yeah i, I have other people do all that other yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. but i remembered get tommy chong good Perfect. and then we wrap up with a basic blessing so let's each just say something we're grateful for today out loud? Yes. Yeah. I'm grateful that I've got a couple of witches on my side. Oh, we're so on your side. We're Tommy. So in your corner. And I thank know. you for thank you for creating a path that we walk on as stoner oh, comedians. So yeah. <laughs> thanks for trailblazing. And wow. Anything yeah. I can Pun do, intended. anything I can do to help, you know, don't don't hesitate. Like if you want to talk to someone or meet someone yeah. you know uh and you want to go through me no problem i can oh my god we're Anytime. going to cry we're going to cry <laughs> but we'll save it for right after we stop thank, <laughs> you. thank you tommy leah what are you grateful for i'm so grateful speaking of another amazing stoner comedian kevin smith so tommy i we're in the same movie jay and silent bob reboot because i tweeted at kevin smith for 278 consecutive days to get into his movie and he oh. actually put me in his movie i believe yeah I he's believe. just the coolest the same way that you're the coolest and just so grateful for cool people out there doing shit okay i love it okay ladies thank you so much tommy we'll I talk to you. you soon sending yeah. you love beyond, beyond words oh, thank, you. thank you tommy
Bitches. <laughs> <laughs>